My grandma has always said, it's wonderful that you have so many friends, and I agree with her. During the pandemic, I realized how much I miss seeing the people who make my life so bright and interesting, and I wanted to find a way to introduce all of these stars to the world. And so I created this podcast. You, dear listener, will get a chance to be introduced to those who make my world hum with possibility. We will talk about serious things, silly things, sad things, glorious things, and things that make us feel alive. So settle in. It's just you and me. Hello, everyone. Wow, we're back. I'm ready for this. I hope you are too. Heather, I'm so happy you're here. Tell me, glad to be here. Tell me, who are you and how do we know each other? Well, um, I'm Heather. I live in Chicago. I'm a straight, white, brown haired woman. <laughs> yes, you um, are. I live with my husband, Adam, and our two dogs. And um, I know you from way, way back when. I met you when I was, How I was in junior high. Yeah. <gasps> oh, God. <laughs> and you met my older sister, Lindsay, who was featured mm-hmm. on a previous pod. Um, a friend of the pod, if you will. Friend of the pod. I'm actually wearing my friend of the pod shirt. But, oh my God, um, that's even better. <laughs> so you met my sister at our church via the youth group for high school students that I was too young to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And so for a long time, I would try to like, kind of be your friend, but it wasn't in the stars until later. <laughs> but I was thinking about it that my freshman year, which was your senior year, mm-hmm. we went on a church retreat and my sister could not go. And mm-hmm. I was like terrified to go without her, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I still did it. She was like, you have to go. And then I ended up hanging out with you the whole weekend. And that was when we pushed the couches together and made us a friendship. friendship. Yes. And I feel like that's when we officially became friends. (laughs) So, wow. Quarter of a century, best buds. We would go to museum. We would be tourists in Chicago when we lived there together. We would go to museums and try not to break the rules, but we usually did. States, museums. Mm -hmm. Went to concerts. And in high school slash college, before yeah. either one of us lived in the city, mm-hmm. we would go to Baker Square a lot. We did. We did. Were you were you exper- there? I think this might have been a couple of years before before you got into the fold, but there was a waiter there who like made me a mixtape. Yes, I remember that. Yeah. And I like went into his car, like very innocent listeners, but I went into his car and like listened to this mixtape he made me. And then we found out he was dating the red-haired waitress. And yeah. we were like, what is happening? Confusing. It was very confusing. But maybe he also knew I was gay. And like everyone <laughs> tells me later on, he was like, I'm just going to make friends with this lesbian. Just like Dawson. Remember Dawson? <laughs> and also Heather and I call each other same brain or SB because we are, I am 
I would say that I'm similar to your sister, but your sister is much more of an opposites attract sort of situation with yeah. my friendship. Whereas you and I are tremendously similar. Um, we love parties. We love doing things like making people wear mustaches at parties. Costumes. Costumes. Generally. Really weird stuff. And one thing that we've actually, well, I did marry, I officiate, I always say marry you and then people get confused. I officiated <laughs> your wedding in Costa Rica. And yes. so another thing that we have in common, but we actually haven't done a lot of together is travel. Did you see this segue that I'm doing right now? It's exceptional. Ah, yes. Yeah. So I want you to tell us, now you love traveling, but we have a very specific story that you want to share about travel that happened almost a year ago. Yes. Let's go. Tell me all about it. So today I want to share about going to Cambodia this past February, which was right before COVID was a thing here, but it was very much a thing in other parts of the world. Yeah. So I'll begin by saying that we booked the trip really last minute. Um, we actually booked it the last week of the year. And you, um, can you also say you and your husband love traveling and also traveling around the world? Like just name a couple of other places that you've been. Yeah, so in this case, we got a travel voucher to go anywhere that Eva Air flies, which is a, a Taiwan um, airline mm -hmm. and we picked Cambodia because we had already been to a lot of the places they fly, like Australia, Bali, places like that, Hong yeah. Kong. Yeah. But we kind of like picked Cambodia because it was one on the list that we hadn't already been to. So I love it. In normal times, we like to travel like every six months. Mm -hmm. and like, big, like big trips. Like Yeah. We yeah. go to far flung. We go to like Bali, for example, we went to, and then part of it was spent on an island off of Bali, mm -hmm. <laughs> things like that. So we go like rustic and uncomfortable and to see yeah. what happens. So yeah. that's so great. That was kind of the idea with this trip. We had a couple of friends who had separately told us that like, we would love Cambodia knowing our travel style. So that's how we picked it. Mm -hmm. So we booked it the last week of December and then like a week okay. later, we started seeing stories about this virus in China. Yeah. And immediately I was kind of panicked and I was like watching it really closely because we were gonna fly through Taipei, Taiwan, which is very close to China. Mm -hmm. um, and places were starting to like close borders. And so right. even, we left on February 14th on Valentine's Day. Oh, romantic. So romantic. Yeah. So I think every day leading up to the trip, I was waiting for it to get canceled because yeah. of external factors. And then the more I saw that that wasn't going to happen, that's when we started having real talk of should we cancel it? Okay. Or should we go somewhere else? Because we talked to the airline. They said we could still use the voucher and fly somewhere else. So, okay. But regardless, we were going to go through Taipei. So, okay. So I just, I want to talk a little, just a little bit more because I, about going up, up until the trip, right before you actually went, because, you know, I didn't, I officially stopped working at work on March 13th. So this was literally a month before 
like the US kind of started to go into panic mode, right? And so at that time, you know, were people even buying toilet paper? You know, like we weren't really in panic mode at that point, right? Nobody was in panic mode yet. And the thing is, so Adam works for a Japanese company. Mm -hmm. Most of his coworkers are Japanese and Chinese. Mm -hmm. And so he started asking them about like what they were hearing abroad kind of yeah. to help us decide if we should still take the trip. Yeah. And the one thing they said was that we should buy masks. Yeah. So that we could have them on the trip in case we were in a crowded place or we were uncomfortable or if we wanted to wear them on the on the planes or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So that was like mid-January. We started mm -hmm. looking for masks to buy here in the US and they were already sold out everywhere here. Really? So that was alarming because it indicated to me that there were people here in the U.S. that knew it was about to explode. Yeah. So like that yeah. was very strange. Yeah. Um, the other thing that we did was Adam actually has a branch of his um, company in Cambodia. So he started mm -hmm. reaching out to the people there to ask, you know, what's it like? How, how cases been? Um, cause it yeah. wasn't a major story here yet. So they were like, nothing's closed here. You're fine. Like, come on over. So they were like very comforting. So that, those were kind of the reasons we still went. Did you also feel, did you also feel comfortable knowing that, that hypothetically, if something bad were to happen, you had contacts there. So like you, if again, just, just for your own comfort sake, like you, you had a people that you could potentially get in touch with if you were there. Yeah. Or people that, you know, we could at least reach out to for help. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, and then this was the first trip, like we, <laughs> we take really far flung trips. This is the first time I ever got travel insurance just because I was worried. Oh. So, which I probably should have been getting yeah. a lot of the other trips now, like looking back. Um, but right, this, right. This was the first time. And so like I right. had, I did have nerves about going. Mm -hmm. And okay. I remember when we left, it was, I think it was a Friday night. It was super cold here. Mm -hmm. Um. For anyone who's ever flown Eva Airline, on certain days, they use a Hello Kitty plane. And we ended up on the Hello Kitty plane, which, you know, maybe was a good distraction because everything inside the plane was Hello Kitty. And like the flight attendants wore little like Hello Kitty aprons. And, uh, <laughs> listeners can't see this, but here's my pillow from the plane got Hello Kitty on it. <laughs> and I mean, you know, you and I growing up in the 80s and 90s, like Hello Kitty was the thing, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I oh, had a yeah. Hello Kitty wallet, like this is incredible. And like the food came with like little Hello Kitty, like plastic silverware that I kept. And it, it was like the, the card in the plane at the safety instructions were like yeah. Hello Kitty cartoons. Oh my God. So before you continue, I just want to clarify how how close to the trip did you decide we're doing it, right? Like what was the final, like this is happening, 
Was it like the day before, you know, what was your timeline as far as deciding whether or not you're going to do it? I think it was two days before. Okay. And I think that was after we had gotten another correspondence from Adam's office there. Mm -hmm. And I was like, we need to decide. And I said, I'm like, I think we should go. And then okay. Adam's like, well, I'm like very, very logical. And I like analyze things. And he's like, yeah. if you feel like we can go, then I'm comfortable with it too. Yeah. So, so there you go. Yeah. So, you, so you hop on the Hello Kitty flight. Yeah. And so one thing I noticed going there, um, all the flight crew, the flight attendants wore masks the whole time. Okay. Um, which I have seen on other planes throughout our travels, like, but it might just be like one flight attendant. Cause then that's another thing, like in other cultures, you will wear a mask if you think you have a cold coming on out of respect for other people. And so that's the whole mask debate has been really interesting to me because in other cultures, that's just what you do. And including at Adam's office here, his coworkers wear masks all the time. Like, oh, I think I'm getting sick. So I'm going to go to work, but I'm going to wear a mask. Yeah. So, Which is something people have started to talk to me about whether, you know, in the coming months, years, whatever, like if our culture will change to being more mask um, accepting. Yeah. And because I mean, if I have a cold, like, I don't know, there's a part of me that's like, I'm going to start wearing a mask. Like, but Anyways, so were you wearing masks when you were on the flight? No, because yeah. we hadn't been able to purchase them anywhere. Okay, okay. So you <laughs> went on the trip not without any masks. Yeah, and actually we, our big flight was to Taipei. It was like 15 hours. And then mm -hmm. we had a short layover and then a flight onto Cambodia. Um, okay. On our layover, we were able to purchase masks at a drugstore in the airport. Yeah. So that's where we ended up getting them. <laughs> but they had, um, wow. they already had signs limiting how many you could buy. So I think okay. we each got like two. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. We're on the second flight to Cambodia. Yeah, we get there. Everything seemed pretty normal. Um, mm -hmm. But one thing we we had been told before we went that their culture, their current um, style of living is just wholly centered around their tourism industry, mainly Chinese tourists. So okay. we got there and everywhere we went, the staff would say, it's so empty, there's no Chinese, like everywhere we went. So that's been something looking back on the trip is that we went to places that would normally be extremely crowded mm -hmm. and we'd be like the only person. Like I always do a lot of research before I go anywhere and mm -hmm. Cambodia in particular went through a horrific genocide. Yeah. And as a result, we knew that we had to start the trip by you go to the killing fields and you go to um, what's now a museum, but it was a former school, high school. 
-hmm. that then was used to torture people. Mm -hmm. And so that we purposely did that at the beginning and almost every person we met throughout the trip asked us if we went there. So I think they get offended when people come and don't. They're like, you Mm -hmm. first need to learn what we went through. And also, as a result, most of the people you see are like 30 or younger. Yeah. Because so much of their population was wiped out. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I could do like a whole nother like hour just on on that. Wow. Yeah. And how was, and what was the vibe of, you know, so you said that there was, there was um, a lot of conversation about Chinese, the lack of Chinese tourists. What about, the virus? What about COVID? Like was COVID, did you, did you know if COVID was in Cambodia at that point? Or like, how were people talking about it? Who are the Cambodians who were there? So every day we were getting updates of people being worried that the government wasn't taking it seriously. Mm. And so one really interesting thing was that a lot of countries had closed, weren't letting people from China in, Cambodia was not doing that because they rely on it okay. so heavily. Yeah. So there, when we were there, the prime minister of Cambodia was offering to go to Wuhan to visit to show how not worried about COVID he was. Whoa. And officials in Wuhan actually told him no. Wow. So that was happening while we were there. So I think there was a lot of people just not knowing what was true or not. Yeah. Um, and then the other big thing the day after we got there um the one story that was getting reported here was about this big cruise ship that wasn't being allowed to dock anywhere Mm -hmm. the day after we got to Cambodia Cambodia let the cruise ship dock oh really yeah wow and so immediately the stories were about um getting the people off and trying to fly them home Uh uh-huh because there was a bunch of Americans on it yeah and one of the Americans, like two days later, tested positive for COVID. So, <laughs> so that was interesting also because all the newspapers there were showing the headlines were like Trump praising Cambodia for letting cruise ship dock. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. So I almost feel like I kind of noticed people would notice we were American. Uh-huh. And then kind of ask what we had been up to. And I think they were trying to tell if we had like just gotten off of a cruise ship. Sure. You know, yeah. that makes, that makes a lot of sense just because, <laughs> you know, knowing, knowing that uh, there's potential people who have the virus, right? Like, I don't know if they would necessarily want to interact with, with you and that's wow. So how, so, you know, this is, I think what's so interesting about this is that like, one, you'll never forget it. But two, like you were on a trip, like you were on vacation, but you were also like balancing this figure, you know, this global health crisis that really hadn't even hit us yet, like as yeah. as bad, as terribly as it has. So what was that like, you know, being kind of in it, but like coming from a place that was not in it at all at that point? Yeah, it was it was interesting because everyone was talking about it constantly there. And I think yeah. that it, it almost kind of prepared us for when we came back. Like I, 
when I came back, I was ready to immediately take it really seriously. And I've done that since. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. because I was there where it was like so present every day. And one thing that happened, so part of the trip, once again, we went to an island off of Cambodia because that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. And we were on this island for a couple days. And the first day, Adam broke his toe. Oh. Yeah, uh, while we're on this island. And okay. so we're like, well, that's that's not great. And we go to the, <laughs> the concierge and most of the lodging is just these little huts that you rent. But we were staying at like the one resort, which was actually, this is an island where a season of Survivor was filmed. And so the hotel we were staying at was actually a, a, <laughs> a hotel that was built for the crew when they filmed it. And then they left it there and it became a hotel. Oh. They had these like weird, like giant Jeff Probst. Is that his name? The host? They had like giant, like homages to him all over. It was really bizarre. What? (laughs) Um, So that's the hotel we stayed at. And I remember I went to the like front desk and I was like, my husband broke his toe. Do you have any, you know, first aid kit? Because I have like my version, but I don't have like splints and stuff like that. And they literally yeah. like pulled up this like plastic tub with miscellaneous like drugs and bandages and set it on the counter and we're like, you can take whatever you want out of there. So oh I think it's like okay. stuff people have Great. left in their room. Yeah. So I found like tape yeah. and things and I Googled it and I like splinted his foot with like tape. But I uh-huh. was like, because there's no hospital or anything on this island. Yeah. And I'm like, that's okay. You know, when we get back to like the mainland you know, we'll see what we can do. Mm -hmm. And then a couple days later, our last night on the island, there was a lot of like stray cats that we would pet because they were really friendly. And Adam was petting one and it bit him. And (laughs) like, normally I'm the one that gets hurt on trips, but Adam had like a few like really bad days. And then the next morning (laughs) he was like feeling sick. And then we took the boat ride Uh back and it was like the rockiest boat. Like everyone was like seasick. And Adam ended up being like feeling really sick the whole day. Okay. And so we just stayed in our hotel and it was also very, very hot there. Like you're just constantly drenched in sweat. But so we went back to the hotel and he ended up like sleeping all day and feeling really sick. I think he actually had like food poisoning, but it wasn't the cat. Well, I, I literally Googled cat scratch fever to see what it was. I'm like, I don't know what's happening. So your Google searches were how to splint a broken toe, <laughs> cat scratch fever. Great. Yeah. And Great. Then, and COVID. And COVID. And then I was like Googling all the COVID symptoms. Cause I'm like, what if he is COVID? Oh Cause at that point we still didn't know a lot about. Yeah. That was like before you knew, like you lost your sense of smell and all that stuff. Yeah. It was pretty much yeah. fever and like cough. And he actually had a fever for like a couple hours and I was in full panic mode. So he's sleeping and I'm like Googling, like if there's hospitals in the area. And I was like, we're yeah. going to get stuck in Cambodia like forever. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he like slept for a couple hours and then he woke up and he was fine. So I think it was like the combination of like, we had like Indian food, bad boat ride, 
he had a broken toe he got bit by a cat <laughs> 24 hours for him so maybe I don't want to travel with you I mean I don't know <laughs> Thinking I promise I'm usually the one that gets hurt so true that's true so you were so how long were you there were you in Cambodia so we flew back um February 29th because it was leap year we were there oh, like two so 13 weeks. days two weeks yeah you know, from, I remember at the beginning of March, which is about when you came home, like things were starting to get a little like, uh-oh, you know, in the States, like, yeah, what is, what is happening here? And I mean, I remember having probably, it was probably more like around the 13th or maybe it was like the 12th or the 13th, like right before I was like sent home to work from home. Like I remember having a conversation with my parents and being like, I think this is really bad. And they were like, I don't know. Like, I think some people are going to get sick, but it's not going to be. And I was like, I think millions are going to get yeah. sick. This is not, I, this is terrifying. But again, it was all just like, we don't, you know, we were basing it on uh, just like a couple of months of watching it happen in other countries. And then the fact that it got so bad here in compared, that's the crazy thing. Like Wuhan was terrible. But then you think about New York City and like, yeah, it's it's not even comparable, right? I mean, it's and 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 the U.S. just continues to have such a great track record with with all of this. When we flew there to when we flew home, like everyone on uh-huh. the plane wore masks the whole time. And yeah. when we transferred in Taipei again, we had to fill out mm-hmm. forms saying if we had been to. China or if we had been to Italy because that's when Italy got had its like beginning so that all happened like while we were on the trip like we had to say if we had been to Italy and then the other thing that I noticed was I could see them kind of like pulling random people aside as we were walking through the airport and I was looking Mm -hmm. around and I saw they had infrared tv screens where they could see if people had fevers yeah and they were and this i think they started that in the u.s like over the summer like they were doing it then because i saw like there was like a family with a little girl and they pulled them aside so they were checking everyone yeah and then there were also thank goodness adam got his his fever (laughs) i know we'll see like i don't we wouldn't have been able to fly yeah. Yeah. And this was, and the fever checking was in Taipei. No, that was there. still, that was like near the end of our trip, but we still had like four days. But I, I was like, if he gets okay. sick, like we wouldn't have been allowed to fly. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So luckily, Luckily. Just a broken foot, just a broken toe. Yeah, he didn't get an x-ray until we got back, but it definitely was broken. And oh, then boy. the treatment was they taped his toes together the way I did. So I did so it you're right. a doctor now. So I'm you're a doctor. doctor. Yeah. Wow, this is great. Well, if you would have stayed in Cambodia, you may have been able to make some money off of splinting broken, yeah. broken bones. So yeah. when you came, so so flying through Taipei again, they started doing temp check. They were doing temp checks. It was obvious they were doing maybe infrared. 
and you get on the flight and are there mostly Americans that are flying back or what's the, what's the demographic of the, of the flight, if you remember? Um, I feel like it was kind of mixed. Mm -hmm. um, it was also really empty. Okay. Whereas our flight going there had been full. Mm. So I think even at that point, people were like canceling trips yeah. and stopping. So that was interesting to see how much it had changed in two weeks. Yeah. I mean, and I think, I think that's like the story of this whole past year, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, who, hopefully it's not going to be, continue to be as, as bad as it is, but just this notion of like every week we yeah. never, like things were changing. I mean, and then all of a sudden the vaccines were starting to potentially get, I mean, get pushed through and like, yeah, it's crazy. So when you got back into the States, did you notice any difference? Cause again, this is the very end of February. Yeah. So I was a part of me was like nervous that like, mm -hmm. what if I had brought it back? Mm -hmm. And so I was just being like extra fanatical <laughs> about like washing my hands. And um, I, my mom stayed at our place while we were gone to watch our dogs. And so when we got back, you know, mm -hmm. she stayed that night, but I think like when she left, I like wouldn't physically hug her just in case. Like that's how nervous I was. And so I kind of had this like where I held my breath for two weeks mm -hmm. and I never got sick. And I was like, great, I don't have it. But then that's when everything shut down. So yeah. I had this like clock in my head, like mm -hmm. just being nervous that I was someone like carrying it and spreading it to other people, which even at that point, when we left Cambodia, the cases were still like very, very low, mm -hmm. but I was just like, I didn't want to be that American tourist, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Right. Cause I mean, the, the worst part about this is that that was someone, right. Someone yeah. unsuspectingly brought this spread spread it to someone else and then you know that was just that was just the beginning of it and I think the interesting thing that you just brought up was this idea of time at this and within this past year and also I mean it continues right especially as people are starting to get the vaccine like everything it feels like is like a 10 to 14 day window at all times and so it's this weird like you're constantly gambling and like, and everyone has their own risk level that they're, you know, willing. Cause I know a lot of people who would be like, I'm not gonna, I wouldn't have gone to Cambodia. And a lot of people would have been like, what's the big deal? You know, like, it's just, yeah. we're living in this world where like everything has a, like, it's such a personal risk factor now. It's so fascinating. Yeah. And it was interesting on the trip too, because we would meet other Americans mm -hmm. and we'd all have the talk about like, leading up to the trip, deciding whether or not to go. Right. <laughs> so it was right. like, or we met people that were there, but they had been there like a month. And so, you know, cause a lot of people were like older and retired and they were just on these like really long trips. Yeah. And they were like, when should I go back? Should I, do I need to go back sooner? Cause that's when we started having like, our border is going to close are you going to get stuck somewhere? Yeah. Was there, when you were, when you were there, 
was was that just starting to be a conversation or were you starting to get nervous that that was potentially going to happen while you were gone? Other like within Asia, like countries were closing borders, but Cambodia had been mm-hmm. the one that like wasn't closing it to anyone, which was both yeah. like comforting, like I'm not going to get stuck there, but also not comforting because uh, <laughs> they were just letting anyone in. So, yeah. you know, it was kind of like, because otherwise, when we were thinking about switching, we're like, oh, we could go back to Australia. But like, we, I think we would have been stuck there, you know, because they like right away closed shop. So that was the other thing. Yeah, but it, it was just really strange. Like we, you know, we went to Angkor Wat, which is one of the most visited places in the world. Mm-hmm. And it was it was empty. So we hired a guide, which a lot of people do. You just hire like a local guide and because it's it's so massive. It's really, it can be totally daunting and confusing. And so we hired this um, local guide to take us around. And he kept stopping, you know, like we're tourists, we're taking a, a ton of pictures. He kept stopping and taking pictures because he's like, I've never, and he does, he goes there every day for his job. And he's like, oh, I've never gotten a picture of this without anyone standing in front of it. And so that was like, that is, in some ways it's kind of like how Times Square, right? Like once New York basically shut down in in some of the Italian cities too, right? It was just like, this is bizarro. And so I, one of my last questions I wanted to ask you was, are you guys hoping, I know you don't like to go back to the same places, but are you hoping to go back? Because what a different experience it could potentially be not, you know, post COVID times, right? Yeah. Well, it's interesting because um, when planning our itinerary, I got um, help from friends that have traveled there, um, two friends that separately went and spent like a month there. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because the, the places they visited that they were like, that's my favorite, you're gonna love it, were the ones we didn't like because like everything was shut down and it was it felt really weird. Yeah. And then the places where they were like, it's so crowded, you're you're gonna hate it, it's so touristy, were the places we really liked. So yeah. I don't think we had like I'm hesitant to give my advice to other people for a trip to Cambodia because it wasn't a normal experience at all. Right, right. So, so would you go back? Yeah, I think I would. Like, yeah. there's also so much more you can see. Um, and it's just, you know, the locals are like so amazingly friendly, especially considering everything that's happened to them. And um, yeah. it's very beautiful and there, there's just a lot to take in. And so mm-hmm. I would go back and just, I guess my one piece of advice that will ring true no matter what is always rent a room at a hotel that has a pool because you're like, you need to go in water as much as possible because it's so high. <laughs> some great, that's some great advice. That's yeah, great that's advice. not going to change. Um, no, no, that t- it probably it'll only get hotter. 
Um, my final, my final question is just more of a personal question. Cause I would love to know just like a really small anecdote. What was it like going to the killing fields? Um, and can you explain what that, what they are? Yeah. So, um, the basically, um, during the Vietnam war, um, a lot of Cambodia was kind of invaded and there was a lot of mass casualties during that. Um, and then mm -hmm. um, the government kind of came in to quote, save the day and people were really excited and they're like, you know, our life's gonna change for the better. Um, but actually the, the man, Paul Pot that took over, he forced everyone out of the cities into the country um, to, basically force everyone into becoming farmers. Um, mm -hmm. And so a lot of people were like starving to death in that way. But then he also was extremely mm -hmm. paranoid and thought that everyone was like a secret agent. And so he started just executing anyone he su suspected of that. Um, mm -hmm. So it included like anyone that was a doctor, a scientist, a teacher, anyone that wore glasses, anyone from another country. So he just started like executing people. And a lot of it happened at that school where he would have people interrogated and tortured. Mm -hmm. Otherwise they would just be taken to this killing field and people would just be like executed and he would order it to happen during the night. And he would play really loud um, propaganda music mm -hmm so that other people couldn't hear it because hmm. he was trying to keep it secretive. And so when you go to the killing fields, there's like bones and scraps of clothing and it's separated by area of like, oh, this is where like the children and babies were murdered. And this is wow. where the men were murdered. And it's, yeah. it's horrifying. And it's, it's definitely something that you learn about and you're like, yeah, you need to never forget. And the other like really upsetting thing is that basically when he was like pushed out, he just went and like mm -hmm. lived in a house in the hills. Like he was never, he never went to jail. He was never, yeah. he still had followers and he was able to just live out his days comfortably. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah. And I think, I think the one thing, you know, when we're talking about tourism and talking about enjoying a space. I think you're very right in saying that there's always a part of it that you need to understand and you need to make sure that you respect and uphold because I mean, basically anywhere you go in the world now, like something awful more than likely has happened. And it's really important for us to always like have an eye to that. And I think that I mean, there's no doubt that Cambodians would not have wanted that to happen. But the fact that like you took you guys took the time to to look at that and research it and like and like under try to understand it like I think means a lot to people and I think it's really a valuable thing and like you said people asked you if you had you know if you're not just like there on a beach vacation right but you also like understood like the trauma that is what 40 years 50 years old you know I mean it's not it's you know a whole generation was is gone it's crazy um 
Yeah. Sorry, I'm leaving this on a sad note, but well, I'm glad that you didn't get COVID and but that you also went on your trip. I think, you know, it was a choose your own adventure and you chose to do the adventure part of it. And, and so now it is your time for me to ask me um, anything that you'd like for the moment of vulnerability. Well, take it away. I, I have like two directions I could go in. Like as one, long as it's not about a memory that I'm supposed to remember, cause you're in charge of our memories. So yeah, I am in charge. I, so <laughs> one was kind of like a very like curious, like introspective, but then yeah. the other one is like a throwback funny. Okay. And so I kind of feel like things have been a little heavy, like also lately and in the world. So I think yeah. I'm, I've listened to the other episodes and like everyone's asked really good questions, Yeah. but I think I'm going to do a throwback. Okay. Funny. Also, cause I'm interested to see like what your answer currently is. Oh boy. Okay. So as the holder of our memories, you used to do these like <laughs> survey questions out to a bunch of us. Yeah. Um, and one of my favorite was if you had to eat your way out of a certain food, what would it be? <laughs> okay, I need, but I need to clarify on this because yes, I did this. And also what I would do though, is you, cause I thought this was so fun is that you had to say the first thing that came to your mind. So what, so that was, so the question, there was like 15 questions <laughs> and honestly, my most favorite one that I ever asked, because I was shocked at the answers was, I think it was phrased like, um, shoot. It was phrased very specifically where it was answered in two very different ways. It was like, um, which, which which vegetable would you want your hand to be or which hand would you want a vegetable to be? It was something where half of the people would write left or right and half of the people would write a vegetable. Yeah. The way that it was phrased was like apparently very confusing. I mean, so not, if I was playing broccoli. the game, what? Broccoli? Broccoli. Yeah. And then I would ask people what, why their reasoning was. And broccoli is because you can like stab, you can just like shove it down and grab things. If your hand, oh, I think it was, if your hand was a vegetable, what would it be? Which would it be or something like that? And so yeah. some people thought I meant which hand would you want your, to be a vegetable? But what I was asking was which vegetable would you want your hand to be? Anyways, this is very off track. I also would ask things like what color Muppet, which is blue That's always. I always think of. Which what? Orange. Orange. I mean, orange, orange Muppet. See? So <laughs> the food one, I also would have to clarify to people. So this is where you and I works out <laughs> so well, because I wouldn't have to, if I said macaroni and cheese, your immediate reaction wouldn't be, wouldn't you get burned? But what? a lot of people were like, but how could you lay under a pile? Listen, I'm already asking you a question that's like, if you were laying in a in a vat of food, yeah, what would you eat? Like, there's no logic behind this. Like, if you said tomato soup, my first reaction isn't, but you would drown. 
Like, that's not the question. The question is, so I swear to you, I've had people, they've answered, they've been like, well, I would say chips because I could still breathe and it wouldn't hurt me. And I'm like, that's not the point. Is not like the point. What, what you could like eat enough of to get your way out of. Right. So like for me, a lot of times it would be like, a combination of soft pretzels with dipping cheese. I mean, everything is probably going to be a cheese. It's probably yeah. going to be cheese related or ice cream. Someone also was like, you'd be too cold. Again, oh. what, like this, the fact that anyone would think that a question that I would ask them would then need to be logicked out is just beside, I can't even, <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. So my, my gut reaction is macaroni and cheese, but which probably is similar to the 15 years ago that we did this. Um, do you remember what, what you or I said? Honestly, I, I knew that one of us said macaroni and cheese. Yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> so I feel like it probably also, cause we would send these out and then people would send in responses. And a lot of times you and I would have the same response. Yes. Also true. Oh, also very true. <laughs> very true. Um, but you know, I mean, it's gonna, it would be, it would hundred percent be a snack, some sort of snacky food. I mean, I, I consider macaroni and cheese to be a snacky food. Um, I mean, you know, baked into a, um, Portillo or not baked, but like living inside of a Portillo's chopped salad, like, okay. Yeah. Whatever you want. In a vat of cheese fries fine. I'm not going to get burned. Calm down. Like, again, this isn't happening to you. Like that's, yeah. that's where like, there's always a, there's a lot of, I would say that it, one thing in my life that makes me the most angry is the disconnect that a lot of people have with things that I do or say. It's very yeah. confusing to me, but it's also fine. It's fine. Thank God I have someone like you who immediately would not be like, but you're going to burn yourself if you're in a vat of uh, hot soup, like, uh, no. of course not. That's, also, when is this situation that. happening? Like that's, like, that's where I'm always like, do you think I'm gonna open a door and there's gonna be a um, <laughs> bathtub full of this? And I'm gonna be like, hop in. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, do people think that if they give us an answer, we're gonna like do that to happen. them? It's a party. It's a new party that I'm gonna have. It's gonna be called vat of food. And whatever you say, you will open a magic door and then all of a sudden be transported in with the correct clothing so that you don't hurt yourself. I want, I want, hot, I want to be baked inside of a hot pretzel <laughs> with, with some, some uh, hatch chili cheese <laughs> that I have in my hands. My hands have become hatch chili cheese and I just scoop and eat. Yeah. What's the problem, guys? What would you be buried in? Are you still sticking with mac and cheese? Yeah, I'm still mac and cheese. Yeah. Also because I feel like in this hypothetical situation, <laughs> you want it to be something that's like totally gluttonous that you'd want to eat a lot of. Hello. Get your way out of it. So, right. yeah. Like mac late, and cheese? Like my comfort lately for COVID is taking port wine, cheese spread oh yeah I get that and putting too. it on putting it on um on hard pretzels and making little sandwiches oh 
I could do that for a hundred hours. Beautiful. I don't know how we would bury you in that. So I'm not going to count that. Excuse me. I'm sorry. The logic we're, we're not, <laughs> I would just be shoved into one of those plastic tube tubs. Yeah. And then I'd have to eat my way out like a little beaver or something. Yeah. Or like a big, like crescent roll tube. <laughs> Wow. Well, thank you, Heather, for being here. And as always, what a dream. I wish I was in the same room with you, but you know. What a journey. Fucking COVID. Someday. <laughs> someday. Oh well, my God. I think I've told you this many times, but like, no matter where you are, you're always present in my everyday life. Oh, and the same for you. I am so lucky to know such incredible, thoughtful people, and I thank you for listening. Come back soon for another episode of It's Just You and Me.